The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, it's Friday. What are we drinking? Martinis! I love martinis. It's so simple. I know everyone knows our recipe by now, but if you're a new listener, we have perfected the martini. This is actually the perfect martini. Yeah. And we have like tremendously large martini glasses, and we make two. So when I tell you these parts, that's why. Eight parts of Tangeray Gin to one part of Dolan Dry Vermouth. And for each cocktail you're making, three shakes of orange bitters. Now, you will want to clarify because they are different Tangeray Gins. Yes. So it's this Tangeray London Dry. The London Dry, for sure. Because if you notice people going to the store and looking at Tangeray, they're changing their labels. Shame on them. Shame on them. Because it's making them seem similar to their Asian version of gin, which is not the London Dry. Right. And so anyway, stir it on ice for about 100 turns. Use the Y peeler to get yourself a good hunk of orange peel. Express the peel into the top of the strained drink. And then you may use that same peel because it's real thin then to make it into your twist. It's beautiful. The secret to the oranges to get the dimpled orange, fresh dimpled oranges. Dimpled oranges produce yeah. better peels yeah, fresh. and they have more oils in them. Yeah. Yeah. But fresh oranges. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's a point where you do so many martinis in a week and you're, yeah. by the end of the week, your orange yeah. is dead. dead it's orange. not going to work. Yeah. Awesome. Let's taste. Let's taste. Every time I try this drink, I just say the same thing. It's perfect. Yeah. You know, I know you had an experience you shared in a pod ago about going to a bar yeah. in Seattle, a really high-end bar. Yeah. And a dinner house. Right. You know, they, they cater to people having the full Monte yeah, they have appetizers. Full, they have an absolutely full bar yeah. with designated mixologists and yeah, bartenders. Yeah, they do. Right. But somehow this cocktail, and it, it's an old cocktail, but it's yeah. a very simple cocktail. People just are not getting this right. Well, the main reason, I think, is that in restaurants, in bars, they generally serve you in cocktail glasses that are about half they're, the size yeah so like three so, ounce so the maximum three ounce glass so the maximum they can get in is three ounces and so they're not going to make a five ounce drink no but you could still do ounce. eight parts whatever size glass you have you can make it you eight can make any parts i even thought about this the other night i had a dream about this i go okay so probably in our glasses is about four and a half ounces right actually there's a little more because there's ice melt but, right but just say four, four and, and a half. half right so all you have to do is say instead of using we go 
eight parts. So we use eight ounces right. because we have large glasses, right? right? Then you just half it. Say I'm only going to go four ounces. Right. So you get two right? and a quarter. With half an ounce of yeah. Dolan and only three shakes. Right. Or, you know, you go four probably, four right. shakes of orange bitters. Right. You can still get it there. Well, there's. And it's, it, I've made it. I've, when you've been gone and I made an artini, I didn't make this much to have an extra. Sure. I actually made a martini and I made it that way and Did it you? tastes the same. Yeah. Depending on what you read. There are some They say three books. to one, a lot of books. Yeah, some books say three to one, and some say five to one. Yes. So you can try those three, five, and eight to one yeah. ratios to yeah. find which is the perfect for any amount size. for you. Yeah. And I get it. Because some people like more vermouth heavy. Right. And some want just, they want you to paint the inside of the glass with vermouth, and that's it. Right, right. And I get it. And also, that depends on the gin. I think for us, because we really like Tangeray, with this recipe, I think works the best with Tangeray. I think if I move to a different Bombay or something, right, you might find a different I might ratio. find I have to go a little differently. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly. But why do that? Why, I love Tangeray. Yeah. Why mess with that? <laughs> you know, I, the other thing I noticed is there's no Tangeray on the shelves. Well, yeah. So we were texting each other back and forth. And I was doing errands on the way home. And I remember thinking, oh, we're out of gin. We can't be out of gin over the holidays. Right. And so I'm going to go look for our big, the leader one that we right. get, right? Because it's just more cost effective. And I couldn't find gin anywhere. I mean, I found other gins. Right, but not Tangeray. And then I found this Tangeray Asian version. And I was right. like, I can't use that. No. Right. And then I'm like kind of almost depressed. I'm, there's gin all in front of me. Right. Grant you. There's dry, <laughs> London dries all in front of me. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And, you know, Tanqueray is not top shelf. But in our book, it's top shelf. Well, it works. Yeah, exactly. It works as the perfect gin for this martini. But like traditionally, yeah. when you go in, there were plenty of really high-end gins. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to mess with this. You, When you have a martini that works, you can't. Well, they were on the second to bottom shelf. So I couldn't see any. But right. I bent down on my knees, and there was one pushed all the way against the wall. Well, I'm glad you and I it. grabbed it, and I was like, "Oh!" And then here you are texting me saying, "I am at Bevmo, and I can't find any Tangeray. Do we, we right. dare try something else?" Right. And I was like, "Don't worry, I've got it." I was so happy. <laughs> The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA, the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at slub, S-L-U-B-B dash USA dot com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder dot app. Story of O, Chapter 4, Part 5. And this is our Part 5. This is the final. This is the last chapter. Yeah, this is it. The last bit of the book. The section begins with O and Natalie and Sir Stephen in the car. And we learn that O's wearing clogs and a cape. And her chain, her leash, is attached to a cuff on Natalie's wrist. Right, and she's got Natalie's, the mask on, of course. She's wearing the mask. Natalie's dressed all in black, and Sir Stephen's driving, and it's very quiet, but you know, there's not a lot of talking in the car, but it's moonlit night and so on. Anyway, they get to this chateau, basically, 
and let and in the gate. Basically. They get let in the gate and they step out of the car. So Stephen tells her to leave her cape and her clogs, clogs behind. And Natalie leads her and with Sir Stephen behind into a courtyard where there are couples dancing. And but like it looks like a party. It looks like a party, and the couples are lots of young women with low cut dresses dining at tables, and there's a person running a record player. And oh, it's so striking that she brings the party to a halt. Like they even stop the record, and everyone's gathered around and are asking, Who is she? Who is she? And the commander says, She can be yours if you want. And then they lead O to a Bench like a sitting against area. the wall, yeah, yeah. And Natalie sits on the floor, and oh, sitting there, and you know, this is from midnight to dawn, and people are coming up to her and touching her and playing with her breasts, talking and, about her, but not to her. Yeah, really, just interacting with her like an object. Mm-hmm. And that goes on. You know, there's a particular recollection of a story of a young man and a young woman who comes sit next to her and. He tells her to play with her breasts and play with her pussy and play with her chains, which she does. And then he says to this young woman, I'm going to do the same to you, indicating I'm going to chain you and so forth. Yeah. And at the end of it all, it comes dawn, the party begins to dissipate. And Sir Stephen comes along, the commander, and they bring O to the middle of the courtyard. courtyard On a table, basically. Lay her on a table. and, And then it says, then they use her one by one. Right. We don't know how many people are there. Right. But effectively, it's a gang rape. Yeah, right? basically. And that's sort of the end of the book. And then it says there is a... Unrevealed un- chapter. Yeah, unrevealed chapter where she is taken to Rossi and abandoned there. Mm-hmm. And in another unreleased version, she realizes she's being abandoned and she has to take her life. And so Stephen gives her permission. So that's all And that's have. it. That's the book. That's the whole thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. It was interesting. You know, we sort of predicted that she would end up at... We thought she'd be abandoned by Sir Stephen at some point. We predicted that too, yeah. But we thought abandoned to Rossi. Well, Uh, one of the versions is that. One of the versions is that, yeah. And then one of the versions is, is that plus her, you know, she loves Sir Stephen. And so now she feels he's abandoning her and she says, I can't live without you. Basically, right. and that's how callous it is. It's just like, okay, you have my permission to die then. Yeah. The incomplete cycle, though, is that there is a expectation that she's going to be handed off for a week because that was what was suggested the day before. Mm-hmm. We don't get any indication of that Mm-mm. or the commander's role in that. Mm-mm. Well, she didn't know she was going to go to this house for this party. No. She thought they were taking her to Rossi, right? Based on the commander's request, right? Yeah, so it kind of ends in a, a sort of crazy way. It's a, hmm, it's an unsatisfactory ending for me. Yeah, it leaves uh, a lot to be imagined. Imagined, you know. And the author's was an editor at the NRF Review in Paris, uh-huh. and her editor in chief was her lover. And so that's basically this is the love letter she's right. writing to her right. lover. It seems unfinished, but. It does seem unfinished. You know, it feels incomplete on a lot of different levels. We don't know a lot about right. the different characters or anything. It just feels like she ran out of steam writing it, you know? Well, yeah, she saw the character coming to an end and then didn't know how to really end it. 
Right. So she left it as like we finished reading. Yeah, just up to our imagination. But it was interesting because they did in this last section really dehumanize her. She was talking about people were not talking to her yeah. as if she was an owl and she wouldn't have understood what they were saying anyway. Right, right. And so there's a real dehumanization and then it ends on a very dehumanizing moment where she's just an object and people are just using her. Right, right. Well, it's interesting, you know. Which, you know, if you think about if she eludes that Sir Stephen abandons her, if she's an object, it's just like walking away from a piece of furniture. Right. It's not like you care that the furniture has any thought about it. Right. You just walk away from it. Right. So I think she was misleading herself in her own mind, thinking that Sir Stephen wanted to have her, wanted to own her, wanted to, you know, I think she was way more thinking she was a submissive versus a slave Mm -hmm. or, you know, an object. That's the thing. That's where that agency that she had all the way through the book. I was like, she's got so much agency. What the heck? Right. But now it's like comes full circle to this point where, she has no agency. She's just being not talked to, used. Right. Abandoned. Abandoned. Yeah. 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 So that's the that's the real crux of it, right? Mm-hmm. The the context slave. Right. Is no agency and that's like it. the ending is way more like slave yeah. than it was all the way through the book. But maybe that's how they do the because I don't I don't know how much consent's really going on here. Right. But this because I feel like she was hoodwinked basically into thinking what she was going along with. But again, again, I go back to, she made a lot of that stuff up in her head, what she thought was really happening. No one really told her what was happening because they already knew she was a slave. Right. So they had no care how she was thinking. No. At all. Nor nor did they try and persuade her one way or another. And they didn't have a reason to even explain it to her. If she's an object, it doesn't, there's no, you don't talk to your chair. Right. The, the shift in the context occurred when she got branded and yeah. chained. Yeah. Prior to that. she's owned. Yeah. Prior to that, there was a sense that there was some tension between agency and no agency and a tension between slave and submissive. Right. And then after that, there was no tension. After that. No. It right. Was... And Rossi was all about training. Right. Now, if you go back into the this chapter... So Stephen says, you can't have the touch of a woman. You can't even, you know, you can't kiss or touch or be with a woman. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking like, well, he's leading on to something. Mm-hmm. But really, there isn't anything. It's just. This is all in her head. It's all in her head, right. So it's interesting because we're all in her head. Right. You know, from her stance. And we're watching people speak or hearing them speak in the book. But the reality is any of their thoughts or ideas, it's not revealed. It's really just O's. Right, right. And she was misled. She was definitely misled. She was definitely tricked into the experience that she ends up having. And this happens pretty quickly, all told. You know, this is is like a three or four month experience Mm -hmm. in her Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And she goes from, you know, fashion photographer to sex slave. Yeah. Yeah. But like real. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this book. I mean, I, I've enjoyed reading it with you because well, it's been fun to read. Because we've had a context of our journey together mm-hmm. to read it through. Like that's the lens we're looking at it through. Right. right. But it's, you know, it's not a great book. It's it's pretty it's a pretty It's missing a lot. Yeah, it's a pretty incomplete book, you know. Again, I'm I hate to bring up another book while we're talking about book, but I, I just think if you're talking about kink or this lifestyle type stuff, I think yeah. Gordon 
was a much better real lifestyle book of, a, and it was real. It really happened. It wasn't right. a love letter. It was an actual occurring of a woman's life. Right, was way more accurate. Yeah. in the dynamic between two people, I don't. It doesn't mean that I think Gordon had good behavior. No, right. That's no. not what I'm condoning. But it was much more real. Right, it reflected was, a real story. This is a fantasy. This is a fantasy. So there's missing parts. There's all over. missing parts all over. There's a lack of complete inquiry into consent, for example. But if you imagine, um, if she's not in the lifestyle and she's writing this, yeah, as a love letter, she wouldn't know. She she's wouldn't just know, guessing. Right? Yeah. And a lot of what we take for granted in the lifestyle today is sort of the modern interpretation of a kink dynamic. Sure. And, you know, like you pointed out a couple conversations ago, this was a deeply misogynistic time when she wrote the book. And right. it's not inconceivable that in French elite circles, this sort of thing was being talked about, you know, the sort of, you know, eyes wide shut kind of experience. Oh, of course. Was being and, talked you know, about the ones that are privileged mm. have the ability to talk and indulge, and the ones that don't have privilege are the ones that are used. Yeah. And that's true of all society. All society. Yeah. All societies. Yeah. 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 I think an interesting book, an interesting book. I've enjoyed yeah. it. We were told we were going to hate the ending, like it was going to be terrible. We were going to be all put off by it. But actually, it was predicted that that was the ending because that was the nature of the way the it was story going unfolded. the whole way. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's better it ended this way because, you know, at the end, she's struggling with, you know, the scene at the end is very similar to scenes she similarly described already at Rossi. Yes. So it's just a repeat. Yes. And like, I don't think she knew how to get to the end. Right. Like really get to the end. The author. The author. Yeah. Because there's no context. And so it might have been best to end it like this and let your imagination roam. Yeah. As a reader. As a reader. Yeah. I think that might have been on purpose. Yeah. It's quite conceivable because she had no idea where the story was going. No. She tried, you know, the way She I... tried different things. I think she thought she was going to go in a different direction in the book maybe, at times. Yeah, maybe. Because there were there were suggestions suggestions yeah. that it was yeah and then it went in this direction yeah yeah i mean i sort of feel like she got to a point where she kept trying to make the next thing that happened more, more intense more titillating more severe but it ended up just being a repeat of rossi i mean the ending was a repeat of what happened but in actually rossi. what happened in rossi was worse in a way you're right but i mean she rossi, used she used pieces of rossi's use of those women yes in this ending piece no but at rossi there was a scene in, at Rossi where she was chained in a dungeon and men would come in and use her, beat yeah. her, and they would do that sort of randomly for like a week. Right. Right. So she's in a repeated rape cycle for a week. Mm -hmm. This is just like one night, you know, we don't well, really know right. beyond that what happened. But if we take the story as it was told to its logical conclusion, she was sold to somebody to be. Yeah, because people were asking it. Can I own her? Can I own her? And he's like, yes, it can be yours if you want. Right. And There's probably a price, of course. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the week before she was, or the day before, she was told that she needed to be prepared to be away for a period of time. Mm -hmm. So she didn't know how long. Right. Right. So you can kind of make educated guesses about what was next. Mm hmm but it, it doesn't leave it to your imagination. It's not a clean but, story. So what's interesting too about all of this 
what we now know, I can definitely assume Renee works for Sir Stephen. Yeah. And Sir Stephen is what you call a handler, preparing these final women, the, and they're not women to them, they're objects, for, for sale. people for sale, for like right. the commander. Right. For people who have a lot more power than Sir Stephen. Right. Yeah, that seems to be the way. Yeah. What an odd story. Well, I enjoyed reading it with you. I did too. Yeah, on to the next one. I don't know what it's going to be. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Thank you.